Get off of me! Hey, just easing the tension, baby. Just easing the tension. Well, ease it on someone else. Welcome back to the Rough Life Podcast, Episode 2. I am your host and current champion, Logan Glover, and with me is the Batman to my Robin, Norman Hall. Hey, Logan, what's going on this evening, man? Um, everything's going great, man. It was Masters Week. And it was Masters Week. everything else better. Well, let's, before we dive into master stuff, let's talk about the champion thing. That is a, that's for a short period of time. You recognize that the next major, I plan on resting the belt away from you. So don't enjoy that too much because you won't be keeping it for much longer, my friend. Well, you know, that is like your opinion, man. Um, (laughs) And also maybe if you practice really hard and you, you really put in the time Maybe one day you'll get a green jacket like I have. One can only hope. One can only hope. I know. Speaking of green jackets, it was Masters Week, man. My favorite week of the year, and it's not even close. Think about it. Imagine being Jim Nance. Monday night, you call the national championship game. Well, you spent the entire weekend prior to that doing that, doing Final Four stuff national championship game monday night and then you fly right over to augusta and you spend the week calling the masters that dude has the best job in the entire world bar none if you can think of a better one let me know what it is i can't think of one right now i did hear a story recently about an underwater welder but it didn't seem as glamorous um this whole masters thing kind of reminds me of the opening scene of wedding crashers like what do you prefer christmas or master season you know (laughs) Like it's that kind of a vibe. Like it's, you know, 4th of July or master season. That's a I'm, tough choice, man. I'm tough in for choice. the master season. Like my wife knows that in our household during the masters, I am unavailable and she plans other fun stuff to do so that I can just sit and absorb golf. We actually planned our wedding around the masters so that our honeymoon would not interfere. Well, I, my oldest son was born on master Sunday. Um, so that always is a factor. His birthday is always uh, master's week or uh, thereabouts. So that is a factor, but this, uh, this year I didn't get to watch as much as I wanted to. I had to go out of town, uh, unfortunately. And so I was gone a couple of days. So I missed a lot of the Friday and Saturday coverage. I watched, you know, like the recaps, you know, live from the, the guys on the golf channel, uh, Friday night and Saturday night, but I really got to watch quite a bit on Thursday. And of course, Sunday, that's, all I did basically. So, um, really enjoyed it. It's so, like I said, it's my favorite week of the year. Um, uh, I think the most exciting thing to come out of it, I mean, granted there was a winner, but I think the most exciting thing out of it was Tiger Woods was actually playing golf. There was that, will he, won't he lead up coming into the week. And on Tuesday in this press conference, he said, I'm here to play and I expect to win. Did he win? He did not but he did play. And for me, I mean, considering the stuff that that guy's been through, I mean, not 13, 14 months ago, he was looking at possibly losing a leg and he showed up and played. He didn't necessarily play as well uh, over the weekend as, as he wanted to, but he actually looked pretty sharp on Thursday. Yeah. I had a guy at work today tell me he was like, well, you know, Tiger didn't play so good on the weekend. Ha ha ha. And I said, well, he beat half of the field the first two days. Is that not good enough for you? You know, like yeah. he was great. He just ran out of endurance. That's really what this was about. It was about not having the endurance in his leg. And as the week waned on, he got weaker. But also 
we talked about this Norman and I did this weekend, but he can't get down low enough to read the putts the way he was used to. Right. So he's he's kind of having to retrain his eye. I think. Well, he even said that one of the days in the post round presser, he was talking about how he was trying to get his feels using a, a tigerism, trying to get his feels for the greens and playing in Florida. You don't see greens like you do at Augusta. I mean, those are, uh, having been there on the course, I got tickets to a practice around a few years back, and some of those greens look like they are uh, the inside of a cereal bowl. I mean, they are ridiculously uh, sloped. And so if you haven't had an opportunity to practice on a green like that at that speed, I can understand, understand it taking a little while for you to kind of get back into that groove. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I, it's hard to know for sure, but there is some speculation that his glutes were not activated. Um, <laughs> Another so tigerism. That could have been uh, one of the problems, but he did tell us this week that he is uh, using a ballistic golf swing. So nobody knows what that means, but he kept saying it. He was like, you know, when you're, when you're me and you're, you're trying to hit a ballistic swing, you know, it, this is, this is what it does to your body. And every time people were like, what the heck is he talking about? But no. he's, gone, he's gone full ballistic. Yeah. I mean, that's classic tiger. He always says things that's like, what does he mean by that? And, you know, uh, you know, he's the guy who brought up, you know, brought trash into the vernacular where we were talking about, you know, his trash and his windows and, and all that sort of stuff. The important thing is, is he knows what it means and we get to watch him do it. And that was for me, the fact that he showed up and played this week puts me over the moon. I was super excited about that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we really missed out on the opportunity to name this podcast, activate your glutes. But, um, but when it comes to tiger, man, like I am a tiger fanboy. I mean, I have all this tiger memorabilia. I grew up in an era where, you know, tiger was, he was uh, everything to young golfing me. And I wanted so badly just to see what he was up to, you know, and I, I couldn't get enough Tiger Woods as a kid. And so for those of us who grew up that way, this was something we honestly thought we'd never see again. I mean, it, it felt like a miracle. Well, it was a miracle, frankly, like this dude 14 months ago thought he was gonna have his leg amputated. And then he made the cut at the masters less than a, you know, a year later. I mean, this guy eight months ago, was basically laying in his house with his leg up in a big machine full of braces, unable to walk. Yeah. I mean, and kind of lost in all this. I mean, granted he finished of players who made the cut. He was in the last four or five, as I recall, but after the first day he was in the top 10. So he was playing good golf compared to the rest of the field. But as you said, a bit ago, he just ran out of, he just ran out of juice. It was a long week. That is a very hilly course. Um, his leg is, it doesn't have the strength that, that he needs for it to have. And as the week went on, it took a toll. Uh, those hills going up and down those hills is just more than, than probably a health, most healthy people can do. And if you're, you know, a year away from a serious car accident, honestly, walking all 72 holes is an achievement. I mean, he said in one of his post-game pressers, he was concerned about walking, period. Like, as a human, just to the bathroom. Like, he wasn't sure he was going to ever be able to walk. And to be able to not only make that comeback, but to be able to get his body in a place where he could play anywhere near a PGA level. I mean, 
you know, uh, No Laying Up put out a list of dudes that he beat this week. And it includes guys like Bryson and Brooks and Spieth and like guys that were kind of considered favorites going into this week. So they don't get talked about like, well, why did they suck so bad? You know, like Augusta is just really hard. It it really is. It's a really, really hard golf course. And here's, here's what excites me is this was him and his first attempt on a very difficult walk. I think we're going to see him. He's already committed to the British open. Sorry. The open championship. He's already committed to the British open, the open championship. The PJ Cuppins comes before that, and that's in Tulsa, and we have tickets to that, my friend. Um, there's a Sunday. chance they'll play there. Sunday tickets. That's exactly right. So get hyped. Um, so there's a chance we'll be able to see him in person with our own eyes um, in, at Southern Hills in Tulsa. Um, I don't think we'll see him play anything really other than the majors this year, but he's only going to get better. He's got you know a month between each of these effectively, and – the walks are going to get easier. And quite frankly, I think at the British Open, which is played at St. Andrews, a place where he has already won twice, he very well could be a favorite. Imagine what, that. What's crazy, too, is like he could probably go join the field at some of these lesser tournaments at easier golf courses and maybe win. Yeah, quite possibly. But he quite possibly. I mean, I think there's a realistic, a realistic chance that he will win another golf tournament. Right now he's tied with Sam Snead for most wins all time. I don't think that's going to be a tie. At some point he's going to win another one. Well, that's my point. Like right now he's only choosing to commit to the hardest tournaments. Like if he were to go play some of these tournaments more like, you know, the Honda or, you know, whatever, like this week at Harbor town, the Valero, like some of, some of these tournaments are flatter. The greens are easier to read. Like he could put himself in positions to win. He is only concerned about Jack. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, that's exactly right. And him playing in this tournament and doing as well as he did, it just, it bodes well for science for the future. I think, I mean, he's, he's on that leg's only going to get stronger. He's working with all these physios. He's going to get better and stronger. And by the end of the year, who knows what we'll see out of him. And we didn't even talk about the fact that the driver and the long irons were not the problem at all. No. That dude was smoking it off the tee. Yeah, it was all short game. And he just chipped and putted pretty below his standards. Exactly. Well, and that's true for any golfer. I mean, we we have the same thing. I mean, you go the entire entire winter without playing, and then you get out for the first time, and you can't putt. Uh, to save your life you can't chip to save your life that's always the first thing to go i i got a little bit more practice a little bit more reps uh he could he could have done a lot better over the weekend i love when you compare me to tiger our games are very similar and i think that's a fair comparison i've noticed that tiger and i both struggle uh to get ready after the winter you know and that's just that's just that's just guys being dudes playing golf you know well yeah i mean have you considered activating your glutes I'm going to try harder this week uh, <laughs> now. Okay. There is a, a storyline that has been, we tiger overlaps everything else. Like he is the most important story, not only in golf, but in sports, but we would be remiss if we didn't acknowledge Scotty Scheffler. Cause that dude is on a heater and the only person in golf history who has been on a similar heater is the man. We just spent 15 minutes raving about tiger woods. That's exactly right. I mean, he is, he's won four times in the last seven weeks, including a major. 
he went from being um, he went from being a player that you kind of knew about, who was on a good arc. Yeah. To he vaulted to number one, and then the first tournament that he plays as the number one ranked player in the world is the Masters, and he goes out and basically wins and leads the tournament and wins the tournament wire to wire. Uh, the guy is on an impressive heater, um, unlike anything we've seen since Tiger, as you said. And honestly, after Friday, it was his tournament to lose. Uh, I didn't see anybody catching him. I mean, I, was, I hoped that Cam Smith would make it interesting, and he did for a little while. But unfortunately, the 12th hole caught, him up, caught up with him, as quite often happens at the Masters. Um, uh, but Scotty Scheffler he's the real deal <laughs> he's the real deal the question is like how many more times is he going to win this year i is I he going to win another major possibly i think that there's a chance that scotty goes on a run here there's nothing in his game right now that's showing any weakness he's draining every putt he's striping every fairway he's flushing every iron and then augusta like you just spent a little bit of time explaining the greens are crazy. The fringes are brutal. Everything's fast and undulations out of control. Scotty is chipping everything to four feet. I mean, all weekend long at the Masters, you'd be like, oh, Scotty hit a wayward, you know, iron shot. He's over in the azaleas. Oh, no, no problem. He, he hit it to tap in range. Yeah, exactly. I mean, every facet of his game is super sharp right now. And Generally, that doesn't last forever. Um, you know, it, things are going to kind of return to, to normal uh, or, or kind of regression to the mean, maybe. But for right now, that guy seems to not be able to do any wrong. And, I mean, the, the Masters is the first major of the year. Could we be looking at a grand slam? Is he going to win them all? <laughs> well, no, he, he can't because Tiger's going to win the Open. Um, no, that's true. But, that's true. Yeah, we already talked about that. You know, here's something I think is – we talk about this a lot in our personal golf games, but I think it's really true when you watch somebody like Scotty. When, when somebody's really playing well, it's kind of boring. Golf, golf can be kind of boring when you're doing everything perfectly. And that's really kind of how I felt about Scotty for a while. Like he was going uh, fairway, green, putt, putt. Sometimes he would go fairway, fairway, green, putt. And that was right. it. You know, and you were like, okay, this dude is just like a machine. He's, he's very um, predictable in his perfection. And I think sometimes, you know, like when you look at uh, Masters highlights from years past, you know, what, the big ones that come to mind, right? The big Bubba Watson hook shot from the woods, you know, Tiger's kind of no look falling out of the pine straw shot. Like, you know, those are the moments that have plaques on the grounds at Augusta and right. no one's got a plaque on the, you know, middle of the fairway at the bottom that says Scotty Scheffler only had 107 in and he flushed it to two feet. Yeah. Like no one yeah, cares. Scotty about was that. here. Right. You know, like, <laughs> It's the, it's the miraculous shots that we romanticize, but Scotty was perfect in his boringness. Yeah, that's, that's really, uh, really interesting that you bring that up. Because, I mean, he, he went out there and he played the course exactly the way a person says they're going to play it. He didn't need any miracle recovery shots. I'd say probably the most iconic shot for him was, from the was Masters. All the shots of him putting his stupid sweater vest on. Yeah, he had a real, real problem with that. But, you know, maybe the chip in on three on Sunday might be. No, that, was uh, a, that was the one at Butler Cabin that they're like, Scotty, this was the, the moment that kind of 
sealed your victory in a lot of ways emotionally. Right. Yeah. I mean, he had a really great save on Saturday evening uh, on 18. Well, but, I, think you're, uh, I think you're right about that chipping on three because Cam birdied one and two. And right. had that shot ended up 15, 20 feet by and he doesn't save par somehow. Like, might have been a different match. Could have been a tied game right there. Yeah, because because uh, Cam went birdie birdie and then bogey bogey. Yeah. And uh, you know Scheffler was basically scrambled on one. Um, you know didn't birdie two, um, which is the par five. And then on three, I mean honestly, he kind of got a lucky break to catch that pin because you're right, it would have it would have gone 15 or 20 foot by if it hadn't hit the pin. Right. It might have made things different. So that probably is the iconic shot uh, for Scotty uh, coming out of this coming out of this master that's what that's what people will be talking about i suspect five years from now well and we gotta be we gotta mention this too scotty is a very open book kind of dude and that's refreshing in a lot of ways because even even though i grew up just you know loving tiger in his heyday he didn't tell you anything you didn't know anything that was in his mind in his heart in his feel like you you got no feedback from from the goat Right. And Scotty, his, he tells this story after he finishes winning the masters that the Sunday morning he's bawling like a baby because he doesn't think he's ready for the moment. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that is refreshing. I mean, comparing him to someone like tiger who is like a golf machine, like a golf right. robot sent from the future to destroy golf as we know it. And for someone to come in and like, I'm, you know, I'm just, I, I never pictured myself being in this environment. He, he said that several times. He's like, you know, when I dreamt of this moment, I never dreamt of being in Butler cabin. I never dreamt of, you know, doing the press conference after winning or anything like that. He's just a guy that likes to play golf and he's pretty much an open book. He'll tell you, he'll tell you how he feels. And that's, that's pretty cool. Pretty cool. It, 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 he's, he went he's to Texas there. and I'm not a fan of, uh, of Texas having gone to Texas A&M, but um, he's hard not to root for. That's what I was going to say. He's a guy that, you know, I, I, I enjoy pulling forward because he's a wholesome dude. He's a good dude. And by all indications, like a lot of people on tour like him and respect him. Well, and let's also talk about too. I mean, not only has he won a major, I mean, the tournaments that he's already won this, this year, uh, you know, he won in Phoenix, which is a hostile <laughs> environment to say the least uh you know that's the waste management which one of these days we're going to go to that and check that out and see see it with our own eyes uh, he also won the dell match play which is you know the match play tournament where it's you against one other person and uh won that then he won did he win jack's tournament or arnold's tournament one one of those two um and then, of course, I mean, he wins a major. And who knows? The guy's probably not done. I expect him to win a couple more times before the season's out. He is on a fantastic, fantastic streak. So uh, really excited uh, for the Masters. Yeah, hate that it's over. Uh, look forward to, uh, the, you know, the uh, PGA Championship, which is coming up here in about five weeks. That's always, uh, you know, that's the next major, and we get the opportunity to go to that. So, you know. Uh, 37 days, but who's counting? Um, but yeah, but who's counting? Who's counting? I do want to bring up, we, we have <clears throat> waxed poetic about Augusta National, and in a lot of ways, rightly so, because it's, it's a beautiful course. It's a, it's a course that draws you in as the viewer. For a lot of casual golf fans, it's the one tournament a year that they actually carve out time to sit down and watch. Or it's the beginning of the golf season, even though the golf season is already technically more than half over. 
technically it really never ends, which is kind of annoying. Um, right. I do think the players end up changing that. I think that they, I think that they probably want a true off season, but we'll save that for a, a less exciting week. Um, right. The golf season just is, is end to end now. And it, it's, it's kind of a, it's kind of a lot in my opinion. Um, but anyway, lo- where I was going with that was, there's one guy who uh, said some pretty outlandish things this weekend about Augusta National, Tyrrell Hatton. Uh, and to sum up his comments, he basically said, Augusta National, nobody likes to talk about this because it's Augusta, but it's an unfair course. And the greens are set up in a ridiculous way with undulation that's unnecessary, with collars being shaved so short that it's unnecessary. And he basically said, you can hit a bunch of phenomenal golf shots and not get rewarded for any of them. And that was what his opinion of his own round was. He said, I played phenomenal golf and I was eight over. And you see some of that when you watch, you know, Augusta where, you know, like for example, uh, that we talked about that tiger uh, putt on 14 that went 45 feet by the hole, like a professional golfer went to lag up a two putt and it ended up 45 feet away. Right. Like that is what Tyrrell Hatton's talking about. He's saying you can do everything right and still get it wrong. So you've been there. You've seen the course. You're a longtime fan. You love Augusta National. What do you think of that kind of, uh, of hot take anger from Tyrrell Hatton? Well, first, I'll say Tyrrell is a bold man for coming out and actually saying that. For a lot of people, Augusta is the shrine of golf yeah and to come out and kind of uh, you know take a dump on a course like augusta national is pretty bold that being said i don't know that i necessarily agree with what he's saying the reason i say that is the number one player in the world who's on a tremendous heater scotty scheffler wins the tournament cam smith who is also on a tremendous heater going into sunday was in second place and wound up finishing tied for fourth, I believe. Rory McIlroy, uh, a name that you know even casual or even non-golf um, nerds will recognize, he finished second uh, in the tournament. And then, of course, I mean, look at the list of champions that you've got there. You know, Jack won uh, Augusta six times. Tigers won there five times. Phil's won there three times. I mean, the course identifies the best players. And if you look at the top ten. From this tournament, I think seven of the top 10 players have all won majors. You've got guys like Morikawa, who's won a major. Dustin Johnson was up there in the top 10. He might have been just outside the top 10. But you've got a lot of players who play well, who've won majors in the mix in Augusta. So I'm sorry Tyrrell feels the way that he does, but I don't know that his comments are accurate. Do the Greens need to be rolling at a 14 at Augusta National? I don't. Is it not hard enough as it is? Yeah, perhaps. But because that's, I think that's really more where his comments come from. You feel like you flush a shot, you hit it 12 feet from the hole, and it may end up 100 feet from the hole because of how fast the greens are. And if there's any wind, good luck holding one. Well, but I mean, that's true, not just for Augusta National. I mean, there are other courses. I mean, the, the same complaint is had every year at the U.S. Open. You remember a few years ago at Shinnecock where Phil, you know, swats at a moving ball because he thought that the greens were, you know, unfair. So, I mean, this is something that tour players deal with in most majors. 
It's not necessarily something that they see week in or week out, but I mean, something that you can prepare, prepare for and everybody's playing the exact same course. Are you calling Tyrrell Hatton a sore loser whiner, whiny baby? Uh, basically, yeah, I think okay. so. I will say this. I do think that uh, I've had this uh, discussion with my brother before. My brother, Travis. Hey, Travis, if you're listening. Uh, we talked about 12, which is like a really, really iconic hole. And generally, um, somebody makes a big mistake at 12 and it just knocks them out of the tournament. We saw that this year with Cam Smith. We've seen it in years past with uh, Jordan Spieth. Uh, at the last, <laughs> at the last Masters, Tiger took a ten on the hole, and it's famous for having you know those trees behind it. Got the creek short. It's a really thin green. Uh, I mean, it's the most famous hole in golf, I dare say. And the wow. way the wind swirls there, it's nearly impossible to choose a club. I think maybe that hole might border on being somewhat unfair because you are. You've, your mercy, you fall mercy to winds that you cannot, you cannot accurately deduce what they're doing from the tee box. The winds are swirling at the at the green that, and you're not seeing that at the tee box. Hear me out, okay? I think you're. I think I know what you're going to say to this, but I think it's a good idea. Next year, caddies get the opportunity on the twelfth to fire a t-shirt cannon up into the sky and see which way the wind moves the shirt. <laughs> Well, I mean, the way that area stands, I mean, you've got this this grove of pine trees that goes around it, and the wind comes down from uh, either 13 or 11 and kind of hits those trees and swirls around at 12 and then goes back out the other way. It's a great place to stand and watch golf because you have 11 green, 12, and then the tee shot on 13 happening there. Um, and it, I mean, it's a great place. It's an iconic hole, but that hole is really, really difficult. And um, players generally um they're at 12 they have a hard time picking a club and i think cam smith being in the position that he was in he felt he had to go at that pin and considering what he did at the players on 17 another really iconic golf hole with with the par three with the pin that was tucked on the right he'd already hit a ball a few weeks prior at the players when he needed a birdie he felt he could do the same he winds up making a six now um Tough hole, tough conditions, very little margin for error. I don't know if it's necessarily unfair, but it is certainly tricky. And uh, Terrell just needs to man up, is my opinion. Whew. Well, I can't wait to have him on the show and let you talk about that to him, uh, man to man. I, I, I can't wait. I'll send him a tweet. We'll see if we can get him on. All right, uh, sounds good. So any other final thoughts from Augusta National? It, it didn't end the way that last year's did in ceremonious respectful fashion like with Hideki and his caddy uh there was a pretty cool piece on on CBS about that at the end of of the tournament this year uh also here's a little fun fact I didn't know about how last year's tournament ended when Hideki's caddy went out there to go and bow to the course he thought that nobody was watching and there was a guy filming in the bird tower up above the green and nobody he didn't there was he was the only reporter left around and if not for him, that moment would not have been seen. Yeah. It wasn't like Hideki's caddy was trying to put on a show. No. That was just for him in the course. And right. we just well, he would have done it if he didn't known as many people were watching as they would have. I mean, it's uh, right. It was really cool. It really is. It makes really the moment good. authentic. 
Well, and that's the memorable, iconic moment from the 2021 Masters, unfortunately. Um, you know, Hideki's uh, was a great champion, certainly a great player. Um, but when people think back to that Masters and him winning, people are going to remember his caddy bowing at the 18th fairway, which is really cool. But He probably is cool with that being the, the lasting memory, too. Well, um, well, let's talk real quick before we shift away from that. Let's talk about Scotty Scheffler on 18. He really made a mess out of that. You know, everyone jokes, you know, uh, you know, you got five putts to win the Masters. Can you do it? Um, he almost didn't. He four putted and missed a couple of shorties. <laughs> and, you know, kind of the, the shock on his face, like he covers his mouth, like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I just did that. That was priceless. Can you imagine if Rory had got to nine or ten? Oh, yeah. And he accidentally four putts into a playoff. Oh, that would have been nuts. That would have been nuts, but I mean, hey, you got a five-stroke lead to work with, so I mean, you can you can knock it around for a while up he there. Four but, putted from twelve feet. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, and you said he wasn't ready for the moment, and I guess maybe he was right. <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, pretty pretty wild. After a guy who has been cold as ice all week, he gets down to the you know he's on the green on the last hole, and kind of everything just falls apart. Uh, but they, one he, of them was two and a half feet. Yeah. Well, he worked hard to get to the point where he had the strokes to squander, I guess. So I good for him. But yeah, Scotty, congrats. Sorry, Cam Smith. Sorry, Rory. Uh, any other lasting thoughts from this year's masters? Any cool moments we need to point out? Uh, no, I don't think so. But I did hear that you snuck away Sunday morning and uh, managed to get in around the golf. Tell me about it. Yeah. Um, I was really excited about it. I've been feeling really good. I played a round of golf uh, a couple weeks ago in Mexico and uh, course covered in alligators. Pretty uh, wild experience for somebody from Oklahoma. Um, But I finally got to play a local round to kind of get us started in our season. And uh, I go out to uh, course Trosper out here in OKC. And first hole is a part five. I've got a 12 footer for birdie. And it just misses, and I tap in for par. I'm feeling pretty good about this this round already. And I get up to two. It's a short par three. I stuff it to about 15 feet. And again, hole. Nice about, start. I know, yeah. And I uh, I have a, a another birdie putt. And when I'm going to read the birdie putt, I get in like the catcher's position, you know, and I hear my knee pop. What? And earlier in the week, I had hurt my knee at work. I'd slammed it into a desk I was carrying in a warehouse and it had been bruised and it was a little, you know, sore, but nothing crazy. And I get into this catcher's position and it pops and my playing partners, shout out to Dallas and Chris, they hear it from on other parts of the green. And they're like, oh, dang, what did you just do? And I was like, I just really messed my knee up. And I, I almost make the birdie putt. I tap in for par. And as I'm walking back to the cart, I'm like, oh, no. I'm like, I, I have really, really hurt my knee. Now you know why Tiger does that weird little uh, half bend to read putts. Yo, my gosh, dude. I guess when you hit 30, your body completely betrays you in every way. Talk to um, me at 45. <laughs> and so I get to the cart. We get to the third tee. It's a long par four. And I go to hit driver. And, like, my, my leg basically, like, gives out after I complete the swing. And I'm like, oh, okay. So this day is going to suck. And so we get to the third fairway. And I Did you consider I, like packing it in. Yeah, yeah. So I go up to my playing partners. and I'm like, hey, guys, uh, I think I might go home. 
And they're like, what? Like you're playing good. Like, what, is it that bad? And I'm like, I can't put weight on it when I move forward with my knee. And they were like, oh geez. And they were like, you know, they're in their thirties too. So they're like, Hey man, trust your body, go home. Like, you know, <laughs> don't be a hero, but I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll give it a couple more holes. Cause I'm playing really good. And so I, I can't, I hate leaving when I'm like starting off so hot. Sure. Yeah. That makes sense. And I've been itching to play all spring and the weather's been terrible here. So we finally have a nice day and I just, I can't bring myself to leave the course. So long story short, I uh, play the front nine and I basically have to keep my left leg straight uh, after every swing. So I can't make a normal golf swing. And I kind of have this like weird half swing, but I'm still playing really well. Like I've, I've figured out a way to make it work for me and I'm still hitting long drives and I'm still hitting greens. And, uh, I finished the turn at six over and I'm like, okay, like, you know, all things considered rusty round can't right. use my left knee injured doing pretty good. And, and there's 30 mile an hour winds, super windy right now. So we get to the turn. Obviously I get a hot dog as you do. And uh, I, I have to decide, like, I can probably go to the pro shop and get uh, a rain check for the back nine. But then I say to myself, self, you can do this. What would Tiger do? <laughs> future me would go on to say, hey, past you, you're a dumb, dumb idiot. Um, but in the moment, present me said, let's party. So, uh, yeah. So I go out there, I play the back nine. I end up shooting an 85. Uh, and all things considered, I was pretty proud of that performance but by the time i get off the 18th green i can barely walk really wow like, i i was dragging my leg behind me at the end of the course and it was so bad that i go drop my cart off and i'm hobbling back to the parking lot and the cart girl pulls over and she goes hey can i give you a ride back to your vehicle sir <laughs> and i'm like I, I for a second i thought about being prideful and i was like no you know what? Yeah. Yeah, you can. <laughs> so she gives me a ride back to my car and uh, I hobble home. But uh, yeah, so I don't know when I'm going to be healthy enough again to play our first major. So what are you, I mean, what kind of treatment are you doing? I mean, have you gone to like get it looked at or are you just I like doing home? Well, your wife's a nurse. So I mean, I'm sure yeah. she'll probably provide you some insight. Yeah. She did surgery last night. Uh, it's going to be a long recovery. Uh, yeah. No. <laughs> 14 months <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. Um, we thought about amputation for a short time um, I honestly dude I think I dislocated my kneecap and wow. I'm just kind of hoping that it pops itself back in sometimes that, I mean is that what you do you just wait for it to you can have it reset but there are like articles that say it, it can just like naturally go back in and huh. uh, it's like six weeks of soreness is basically the prognosis so I'm hoping so are you out on golf for six weeks? Is that what you're telling me? I don't know. It's a, we're day to day. Uh, we're a game time decision at all times now. And, uh, well, you've been known to make poor decisions when you aren't feeling well for the sake of playing golf. So I don't want to be that little demon on your shoulder. I want to be the angel on your shoulder. But that being said, now might be a good time for us to schedule a major. Just saying. Yeah. 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 Are you yeah. referencing the time? Uh, so what are you doing tomorrow? <laughs> are, you Major? are you referencing last fall whenever I threw my back out at their golf range? And then uh, the next day I didn't sleep because my back hurt so bad. And I crawled uh, across my bedroom to get to my nightstand 
so I could get up and then I played golf four hours later. Is that what you're talking about? Uh, yeah, I do recall that. I do yeah, recall that bad decision. Bad was, decision. I've made some bad decisions. Uh, and, uh, you know, now that I think about it, Chris and Dallas have been at both of those rounds. So maybe they're the problem. <laughs> they uh, are the problem. They're the problem. But, uh, but yeah, man, Dallas, Chris, if you guys are listening, uh, stay away, I guess, or, or play more. I don't know. I mean, from yeah, a competitive yeah. nature, maybe I want you want, want them to show up at every one of your rounds. Okay. But like all jokes aside, for as big of a layoff as I've had, I felt phenomenal for those first two holes. Really? I wow. Mean, I, I was flushing shots. I, I was, I putted well all day, which was awesome. I had at least three side door drop-ins like nice. Nike, Nike logo, slow motion drop-in. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, so like it, I felt, I, I still feel really, really good about where my game's at. If, if my knee can cooperate, I mean, I think that I can put up some scores this year. Well, for me, and maybe this is just me, but I find a lot of times after a long layoff, I actually play quite well. And I think it's just your expectations are down. You're not expecting, you know, anything to happen. So you kind of, instead of going out there thinking like, you know, I, I, you know, I know I can hit this really complicated, you know, draw into this tucked pin or something like that. You just go out there and you just play like, well, I'm going to hit it up there. going to hit it straight, hit it to the fat of the green. And uh, you surprise yourself by playing pretty well. So, um, Maybe I'll, that's the case. I need to get out. Uh, I'm itching to do that maybe this weekend. I'll be bold enough to say that I think that if my knee had not given out on the second green, I, that might have been around in the 70s. Yeah. Well, I really do. I've maybe. only broke, I've broken 80 twice in my life. I've had two 79s ever. And I was playing good enough with a terribly hurt knee that I think I could have taken five or six strokes off easy. Okay. So I mean, that would have got you there. If that's a prerequisite to how the season's going to go, we're going to have some battles. I'm ready. I'm ready. Bring it. Uh, We need to get the, get one in the books, man. Uh, I am ready to make that happen. So time and place. I want to say that I am uh, doing some things for my own health. Uh, We started. Are we ready to unveil this initiative? I think we should. I think we should, you know, um, because season uh, one is over of, of that initiative and this would be season two. Well, like season one never really got off the ground. Let's be honest. Well, what we're for, talking about it, is it what we call for you. Well, yeah, you did better than I did. That's for sure. What what we're talking about is uh, what Logan and I call hashtag healthy boys with a Z. Oh yeah. And it is uh, it's an opportunity for us to eat better, to exercise more so that we feel better and we don't have to worry about like our knees getting bad on us, but also so that we can play better golf. Right and maybe healthy live with boys, your grandchildren healthy boys is both a lifestyle and a credo uh it is the thing that drives me to have success both on and off the course i love it in season one of healthy boys i lost 26 pounds and nice i've kept that weight off all off season so i lost uh, 2.6 pounds and kind of gave up yeah, you were a tenth as good as me, uh, which I think really is true of your golf skill as well. Uh, but honestly, dude, Healthy Boys season two is is important because it is. We we've been saying for a long time that we wanted to get to certain numbers. So let's talk numbers. Uh, are we gonna do? Do you feel comfortable sharing the initial weigh-ins? Um. Well, well, I'll say this for our for our British listeners. 
I weigh 18 and a half stone. If somebody wants to do the math on that and figure that out, you're welcome to it. But uh, they, I, I, I could stand to lose about two and a half stone. <laughs> you're, such a, you're such a dummy. Um, so basically, uh, I currently weigh uh, 264. And uh, I started last season at like 289. So big, big drop for me. And I'm looking to get under 240 in season two. Yeah, uh, I, I weigh a little less than you do right now. And I, I want to be 222. That's what I'm shooting for. Sure. And uh, that would be about 35 pounds for me. So um, I think I can do it. I just need you're, to eat. You're, you're really uh, trying hard not to say the number, but you're giving all the possible ways to add it up. <laughs> yeah. If you give my weight in add, kilos. If anybody <laughs> knows how to add 222 and 35, hit us up. Uh, but <laughs> my goodness, man. Um, so anyway, Norbert is uh, is is doing he's doing good, but he didn't do good in season one. And I, it's, uh, I'm here to, to chastise him a bit because that's what Healthy Boys is about. It's about accountability. It's about exactly. brother, it's about brothership, uh, and and frankly, it's about giving yourself the tools to be your own boss. So I, I yeah, think like Enterprise Rent a Car. Right. That's what we're about. We have an excellent workout structure and we are going to give ourselves the tools to be successful on the golf course. Exactly. Exactly. So what are, what are your goals besides just getting to a number that you feel good about? What are your goals as far as like your, your health initiatives and how it pertains to golf? Um, well, um, I think losing weight would help me out on the golf course quite a bit because, uh, I've got a bit of a midsection and that midsection, I think, prevents me from being able to like really like coil. And, you know, there's a lot of folks that are talking about club head speed. I think maybe that's a little bit of like Bryson uh, kind of, uh, you know, the way Bryson bulked up. So people are realizing that uh, or maybe it's kind of a golf fad right now. But also, too, I mean, the farther you hit the ball, I mean, there's data out there. Guys like uh, Scott Fawcett. Um, you know, and, and others, um, Irish Mike, uh, from, uh, chasing scratch. If you listen to that, yeah. Fit for golf, you know, the, the further you get the ball down there, the better you're going to score. So whatever it takes for me to hit the ball further is going to improve my scoring. Some of that's just like simple logic too. Like if you have a 400 yard par four and you can hit it three Oh five and you only have a, a sand wedge in, that's a whole lot easier than hitting it two twenty and having to hit a hybrid. Yeah, no doubt. Or, or no a five doubt. iron or whatever, right? Like so anything that can help me coil to hit the the ball further, I'm about it. So plan on working on core uh stuff. Um, I've got a med ball that I can slam and into the ground and into the like a wall. Um, and then you know, just losing some weight. You know, if you get rid of this spare tire around the midsection, it's gonna make it a little bit easier for all that for you me to get a little uh, bit further back. You thinking about doing a little mo cardio? Uh, yeah, I like the idea of cardio. Uh, I like we have the a idea. treadmill that right now is being used as a uh, as a clothing rack, mm. and uh, it doesn't have to be. It actually uh, it actually has a belt on it that turns, and uh, I'm going to see how fast I can make that thing turn. That's pretty cool, man. Uh, yeah, we sold our elliptical in the winter, so got rid of that problem. I don't have to think about that anymore. Um, so yeah, I don't know what we're going to do, um, as far as the cardio stuff. I, I think, uh, my, my, so here's my plan. I'm going to walk my dog every day. Little things like that help. Like my brother, he has lost like probably a hundred pounds 
And primarily the way he's done it is simply walking. He gets up in the morning, he walks like four miles. Um, it becomes, you know, it's his daily routine. Now he does that before he goes to work, he works from home. Um, and then at lunch, he walks like another mile. And so in walking four or five miles every day for the last 18 months or so, he's dropped like a hundred pounds. It's pretty remarkable. Saw him over the weekend, uh, some family who hasn't seen him in a while ask when the rest of him was going to show up. I mean, it's, wow. it's pretty drastic. He is, uh, he's doing good. So shout out Travis, keep doing what you're doing. Uh, you are inspiring. So, well, um, I need a little bit of that myself. We want, we want to both use healthy boys season two as like an initiative for accountability for us but we also kind of hope it'll inspire you to get off your fat butt and do something at home too like golf is an awesome game but it's a game that you don't have to be super like uh committed to athleticism to play but you can't really play it super well unless you're john daly well, exactly. I mean, we we spent most of the start of this podcast talking about Tiger, and Tiger changed a lot for golf. One of the main things he changed is fitness. He showed up. He was a guy that was working in the weight room. You know, the Hal Suttons of the world. Uh, shout out Hal Sutton, wherever you may be. Uh, you know, those were the guys who looked like me that were winning golf tournaments. The Duffy Waldorfs were the guys winning golf tournaments. And then Tiger shows up, and he's lean and mean, and he's got a six-pack, and he runs a mile in under six minutes. And he goes on to win 82 times. So he, he shifted the paradigm. He says crazy things like don't smoke cigarettes and drink while you play, you know, things like that. Like those controversial takes for about your health that, you know, aren't popular even now at your local Muni. Um, but, you know, Tiger looks at golf a whole different way. Uh, so, yeah, I think that a lot of what we're trying to accomplish this season in our, con in our uh, tournament with each other, but also just like in life. Right. has a lot to do with changing some some of the things that we do that are just lazy and that keep us from reaching our goals so i'm just trying to be more proactive uh walk my dog i'm, I'm doing intermittent fasting that's what i did the first time it worked really well for me so uh noon to 7 p.m that's the only time i eat and uh and it's great works and great you pretty much me. eat straight through from noon to seven is that about right <laughs> i try to yeah yeah um i snack here a little snack there super easy man I try to eat healthy stuff uh, when I can, but I also don't micromanage it too much because it's pretty hard to get to 2,500 calories in that window. So you, you know, you can just, you can kind of eat whatever you want and to an extent and still hit your numbers as it were. So I try to get to the number and eat healthy kind of as a win-win. So right. anyway, right, good for uh, you, man. That's enough healthy boys stuff. Any other stuff about our, uh, our personal golf journey that we would need to share today? No, uh, I think we need to be thinking about when our next major is going to be. So uh, I, I realize you're on the injured reserve right now. So we'll um, let's see where you're at next week and talk about it. Let's get something down and say, this is when it's going to happen. This is when we're going to do it because uh, I'm ready. I think I'm going to play this weekend, uh, get out and uh, get some, some rust off the game and kind of see where I'm at, but uh, we need to make it happen. It's uh, you've held the title for too long, my friend. Might I advise some uh, light stretching? beforehand <laughs> that's probably a good idea uh, so, <laughs> i'll start stretching now to be ready for saturday <laughs> yeah, good call good call so uh we're signing off so long from master's week it's been awesome if you uh, enjoy this podcast even a little bit please tell some people about it we're trying to grow this from the ground up so uh, we'd love for you to join in this journey with us and here soon we'll be recalling uh rounds uh to you guys to kind of let you in on what these tournament rounds are like 
I have a, I have an idea, by the way, I'm going to pitch to you live on the podcast. All right, let's hear it. I think we should call the uh, telling of our rounds rundowns rundowns like, like from the office like hey jim can you give me that rundown and then <laughs> okay. we can we can always just be like what's a rundown phyllis what's a rundown does anybody know what a rundown is of this? Like, so i think we can just make that one of our fun uh you know never-ending jokes so i love it i love so, it hey, man, the last know? thing we need is another joke to run into the ground yeah, run down into the ground <laughs> see what i did there run run the run down into the ground exactly yeah okay yes. that's where we're going to end tonight so thanks for listening uh we have a great time talking about golf and uh, we have some exciting stuff coming up both on the course and off the course so uh tune in we'll talk later Bye. Bye. gold jacket green jacket who gives a-